So this morning, I'm speaking to you from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and it's about guarding your heart. And I have been just thinking about the scripture. It's one of those scriptures that I've, I've visited over the years so often. And I was particularly thinking about just the concept of guarding. And, you know, nowadays, well, let me say, at least in, in, in our area, people are taking, you know, these guarding companies, security companies, a lot more seriously. I, I mean, I'm just looking at, I don't know where I was this week. I was somewhere. Oh, I was actually at Save Hyper down in town. And, uh, I, yeah, we popped into Save Hyper in town, and... There were security guards walking around with AK-47s. And I've never seen security guards in town, anywhere, in our, in our town, walking around with AK-47s. Now, it, and, and I'm just like, guarding has gone up a level. I was looking at security guards, another group of security, security guards, another company. And I didn't always see security guards carrying firearms. I cannot see a security guard that isn't carrying a firearm at the moment. Now, I'm not commenting on that. I'm just saying that security, in, if you're a businessman in this town, you are taking a second look at security and trying to figure out how we can do this better. Why? Because as a businessman, if you own a business, that business is valuable to you. And if something is valuable, you take the effort to protect what is valuable. And guys are investing a lot into security. Um, I mean, in our area where we stay in Hayfields, they're putting up, some security companies are putting up these big cameras at the big intersections, etc. I mean, I'm seeing so many more security cars and vehicles driving around. It's quite amazing. Why? Why are people interested in security? It's not that they want to give more money to security companies. Do you know that? It's because they value their possessions. And they value it not being looted or burned or stolen. And they want to protect it. What you protect, what you value, you protect. That's the essence about guarding. Now this verse about guarding your heart, do you realize how valuable your inner property is? Do you value and realize how important your inner world is? And how much effort are you putting into guarding your inner world? Now, I say your inner world because in the Bible, we'll read the scripture now, the word heart in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in, in a Hebrew understanding, literally referred to your whole inner being. It wasn't, you know, today you kind of think, well, you love with your heart and you think with your head. And, you know, we've, I mean, you know, we break it up into mind, will and emotions. And, but all of that to a Hebrew person, when you spoke about your heart, it was all that. It was your thoughts. It was your emotions. It was your will. It was your whole inner world. And this concept of guarding, how much effort do you put in to guard your inner world? And I've been meditating on that, and, and I've, I love doing this. When I think of things in the natural, like I think of guarding and in the natural, and then I'm bringing it into what's the spiritual principle. And that's what I was doing, and I felt led of the Lord to speak about this. And so, this is the scripture, if we just go to the scripture. And I'm, now, verse 23 is the bottom one highlighted, but I, I want to read the context. 
I was reading the context, which is important when you read scripture, and I was amazed. It was as if the three verses before verse 23 are like setting you up, sorry, setting you up and, and like getting you ready for this vital truth of guarding your heart. Solomon writes, and he says in Proverbs, My son, Proverbs 4 verse 20, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It is the wellspring. What is a well? Or what is a spring? A spring to a river is the source of the river. Folks, your inner world is the source of, of anything in life. Everything always flows internal to external. You get an idea. I want to go and study to be an accountant. It starts inside you. You have an idea. That could have a major impact on your external world. For the next couple of years, you're studying accountancy and possibly working in the field of accountancy. You started with an idea and you nurtured that idea and you decided to act upon that idea, but it started inside of you. Above all else, he says, for it is the wellspring of life. And I was sharing this with Jen and I was so interested in her response. Before I tell you her response, you know, if you have a property and you value that property, yes, you can hire security guards. But you know simply what most people do is they put a fence or they put a wall around their property to define their property, but to protect their property. And when I said to Jen, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of your life, I want to speak about this. She said, you know, Jacques, that's speaking about boundaries. Now, when she says boundaries to me, it's a suitcase word. You know what a suitcase word is? That is a word that contains so much meaning. You need to open the suitcase and you need to unpack it carefully because it's just so prop full of meaning. I mean, there's so much meaning in boundaries because there's a whole lot of books been written on boundaries and you Google boundaries and you are overwhelmed by quotes and blogs and web pages and, I mean, you name it, on boundaries. It is huge. But the interesting thing is, I mean, maybe I should have. Maybe I'm just a bit slow. You know, not as fast as my wife. When she said, Jacques, that scripture is speaking about boundaries, I was like, oh my goodness, I never realized there was so much in this. I never realized there was so much in this. And so uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and, and Dr. John Townsend, a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was 20 or 25 years ago, wrote their first book on boundaries. They've got a book now on boundaries for the workplace, boundaries for parents, boundaries for teenagers. I mean, just about you name it, there's a book on boundaries. But what do boundaries look like? Just go to the next slide. There it is. There, I love this picture. And again, I was just looking for pictures because for the visual people in, amongst us over here. There's a person standing with their toes up against the boundary, a white line painted on a tarred road. Anyway, don't get like Jen. She said, hmm, um, 
Okay, I won't say. She was commenting about how good the paint was, how old the paint was. And it was like, which municipality do you think painted that line? Anyway, personal little distraction over there. Sorry about distractions. But that white line. Folks, do you know how important white lines are if you're a driver? Can you picture driving on the highway down to Durban and there were no lines on this 20-meter strip, 20-meter wide strip of tar? Imagine that tar was just black, and it was the road down to Durban, and imagine it was, imagine this, okay, I'm talking about a highway, at least on the highway, traffic going in the same direction on the one side, and, but imagine that you had this huge piece of traffic, and there were no lines, there were no rules, it was a no rules trip to Durban, and anybody, not just in the same direction, but imagine people in both directions could just drive wherever. Can you imagine how fun it'll be to dodge oncoming trucks? You know, like those video games my son's playing. This is a real-life fun video game. I mean, it is inconceivable that you'll get to Durban in one piece because how many of some of those truck drivers are not going to get out of the way for you and your little chori, okay? They just, it's going to be a disaster. Okay, just no white lines, okay? Now, that's one application of boundaries. Jen and I have been gobsmacked as... I was preparing, and we always we chat a lot whenever I'm preparing. We were gobsmacked at, at how important boundaries are and how, in how many places in life there are boundaries. For example, you have some medication to take. Do you know that they are not allowed to give you that medication at the pharmacy unless they put boundaries on there? They paint white lines all over it. Have you noticed? No, they don't. I'm joking. Come on, guys. <laughs> they write instructions on there. Take two pills after meals three times a day. That's boundaries. It's not white lines. It's, but it is boundaries. Would you agree? If they say take two pills, you cannot take 20. We could be visiting you in the hospital. Do you agree? Why? Because, because if you exceed your medical, uh, the recommended dose, there are consequences. Your body can't handle so much. In the medical world, there are boundaries. Um, I want to submit to you that the whole legal profession is about boundaries. I want to submit to you that a contract document, you enter a lease agreement with your landlord, that is a boundaries document. It's got white lines all over it. No, it doesn't. Okay. It has written what the landlord's responsibility is, and it's written what your responsibility is as the tenant. Clearly spelled out why. To avoid conflict. So that when you and the landlord are driving on the highway to Durban, you don't crash, okay? Or when you do life together, or when, so that you, it's clearly spelled. I want to submit to you the job of our police force is to in, in, enforce boundaries. I want to submit to you that our correctional services are trying to deal with people who don't have good boundaries. People who violate other people's boundaries end up in prison with very small boundaries themselves. As a society, we say, if you will not respect our boundaries, my stuff, their stuff, you cannot live in our society. We will restrict your boundaries to a little cell, and you will live in a tiny little room for these numbers until you can learn the importance of boundaries and stop violating other people's boundaries. Do you, do you see how this works? I want to say, when I said our legal system, our courts are there to deal with people who violated boundaries and to give appropriate punishment so that they will learn boundaries. Amen. They will over the place.
And so I want to submit to you, though, that external boundaries are quite easy to see. White lines in roads, instructions on a, on, on, on medicine, a medicine container, you know, legal contract between, that's easy to understand. What's harder to figure out is your own personal boundaries, boundaries of the heart, boundaries of your values, boundaries of what, what you stand for, and in particularly the area of relationships that are so hard. And that is the most important area, I believe, that we need to establish boundaries. Your inner world is so important, but we don't take time to figure out. And I want to submit to you how often haven't you, we, whenever there's conflict, I want to submit to you that conflict happens because there aren't clear boundaries regarding who's responsible for what and who's meant to do what. It's, it's a problem of boundaries. When there's a breakdown in relationship, it's a problem of boundaries. And often it's because one person doesn't respect, or maybe both, the boundaries of another person, and at some point that person just says, sorry, can't do this anymore, I'm out of here, and the relationship breaks down. Okay, it's so important. And the, one of the reasons we want to speak about this is Jen and I in the last little while has spoken to so many people that are facing such huge challenges with boundaries, particularly in the area of families and relationships. We have shared the story before. Boundaries, we did um, some marriage counseling with a couple in Cape Town a couple of years ago, and they had a boundary issue with a mother-in-law. And it was simple. Mother-in-law would come and visit, and before she would leave, she would venture into the kitchen, venture into the fridge, and just help herself to whatever was in the fridge, put it in the handbag, and, and walk out. Now, the mom was totally fine with that. I mean, the wife, because it's her mom. And she feels an affinity and, and wants to. But her husband was like, I was hoping I could have that chicken for lunch tomorrow, you know. <laughs> and the chicken's gone. And, and now, in that case, what's right or wrong? The issue is boundaries that the two of them, the married couple, need to sit together and discuss and get agreement how and what are they going to do. I, it's not necessarily wrong that mom's taking whatever's in the fridge, but they don't have agreement. So he said, guys... Talk about it, get agreement, and then the key thing is the in-law never talks to, you know, the, the, the son-in-law could not talk to the mother-in-law. That's always difficult. The, the child must talk to their own parent, also very important in boundaries. And she had to speak to mom and say, mom, please, if you need food, if you want food, please speak to me, discuss it with me first, and, and then I will see, and I will decide, and we will decide, and I may speak to my husband, and check with him if it's okay that you take the leftover chicken home, okay? Because maybe he has an expectation that he's going to have it for lunch tomorrow. So can we just have it? You don't help yourself to stuff in our fridge. If there's something you need, I'm happy to help you if you need food or whatever. To help. But can we establish boundaries? And so this will save your life. It'll save you so much pain and anguish. I want to, I want to you know, just reflecting personally now, I can say... In places and spaces where I have, through maybe ignorance, not established boundaries, not communicated clearly boundaries, or ignored it when people have overstepped my boundary, I have experienced pain. <laughs> I love Pete Scazzaro says, you get clean pain and dirty pain. Have I mentioned that? It's, it's something I often mention nowadays. 
Dirty pain is where you just ignore the fact that somebody's stepping over your boundaries, they, they, etc., and, and it, it goes on for years and years. Clean pain looks like this, where you actually, for example, challenge mom-in-law and say, Mom, listen, please, can you just check with whatever, uh, you know, Christina, before you help yourself? It may not be pretty there, because mom may react, whatever, whatever. But you're going to save yourself years of dirty pain, of conflict between the couple and mom-in-law, etc. And it's just a mess and a breakdown of trust, etc. Clean pain versus dirty pain. Dealing with boundaries may be painful in the short term, but in the long term, you won't regret it. Boundaries. Okay, let's go to the next slide. So you were wondering, yeah, but is this God stuff? You know, this sounds interesting in the real world, you know. But what does God have to think about boundaries? Folks, if you just think about your Bible and you think about the contents of the Bible, there are so many boundaries in the Bible. And let's just look at this with Jesus. Jesus respects our boundaries because in Revelation 3 verse 20, Jesus speaking, speaking he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. It's an amazing scripture of Jesus, the picture, it's a metaphor of Jesus standing before the door of your heart and humbly knocking, and, and the scripture says, if you open the door, he will come in. It doesn't say he will force his way in and just take over and, you know, he humbly waits for the yes to come from you, for you to open the door before he will come into your life. Folks, in the natural we, we, we own this property as a church. And this church has boundaries. There's a fence, a fence in the front. There used to be a low little wall with a horrible razor mesh, looked like a concentration camp. That nice fence we put over there, okay? At the back here, we've got quite a high wall, and we have got razor mesh. It's not so visible. But let me tell you, in this community, that is appropriate security measures. I just want to tell you, it is appropriate security measures in this area to have at the back where it's not visible, razor mesh, okay. But you, I mean, you, you know how much you are affected by boundaries. From your place of abode, from where you stay, to get to church this morning, you could not walk straight here. None of us could walk straight here. Why? Because people have properties all over the place between your home and this place, and they protect them, and you cannot walk through else, through somebody's property without them uh, being a bit upset. Your journey here was defined by boundaries. And, but no, sorry, sorry, I'm not moving on. Jesus and boundaries, in any boundary, you have gates and doors. This room is defined by a wall and there's a door. The door is meant to allow the good in and, the, and keep the bad out. And I want to add this, let the bad out. Sometimes we need to get rid of stuff and let it out. The sad thing is people whose, people's, whose boundaries have been violated, any form of abuse, what happens, an abuser smashes a person's boundary in that area. And that boundary is low. Can you imagine the fence over here in one area? It's just, it's, it's flattened. And, and it often, and people often say, how come an abused person often gets abused repeatedly over the years in that same area? The reason is often in their formative years when they're children, an abuser 
their boundaries have been flattened, and so they really struggle to resist and say no in that particular area. And that's why we need help. That's why we're a community. We're a family. We stand with each other. We all have weaknesses. We all not, we don't, in your own life, there are all areas. There are areas in your boundaries and my boundaries where it's a bit low over there. And we need people to help us. Other people who are strong in those areas and we are accountable and we say, listen, help in that area. I need your help. Okay? And, and that is just life. Jesus, this, this verse says, stands at the door and knocks. Your door is your will to say yes to certain things and no to certain things. And he will only, he will only come into your life if you say yes. Next scripture is this one. In John 1 verse 12. It says, yet to all who received him, he gave, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You need to receive Jesus into your life to be known and to become a child of God. The day you're born again, the, way, the day you surrender your life to him, that day is the most significant day in your whole life. That is the day you are born again. Your spirit is rejuvenated and you are transferred into the kingdom of light. But that is the day that you say yes to him and he comes into your life. He respects your boundaries. Let's go. I want to, I want to, I want to, um, let's go to the next scripture. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now I'm looking at these two verses because it's talking about people. It's talking about you and me and how we relate together. So verse 2 of chapter 6 of Galatians says, bear one another's burdens. But we'll get to it. Don't go there, Synth. But verse 5 speaks about carry your own load. So what's this? In some cases we've got to carry other people's stuff, but in some cases we've got to carry our own stuff. Yes, you're right. That's exactly what the Bible says, and that's exactly what, what, what is right. But let's unpack this a little bit. So what does this mean? The Greek word for burdens, used in verse 2, means an excessive burden. Or burdens that are so heavy that they weigh us down. These burdens are like boulders. They can crush us. We shouldn't be expected to carry a boulder by ourselves. It would break our backs. We need help with the boulders. Those times of crisis and tragedy in our lives. Folks, we all go through things in life where it's just like, whoa, this is not, this is normal daily stuff. The loss of a loved one. A medical diagnosis that is, that is rather big. A, an emotional breakdown. A, 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 a crisis in your workplace. A betrayal. A Business partner, partner betrays you. Suddenly, it's overwhelming. Your business goes bankrupt. Um, a car accident. I mean, I mean, so many things that are just like, whoa, this is a normal life. This is big. And that is the places that it says bear one another's burdens. That's the time we do want to be there for each other. That's the time we want to be family and help each other, Okay. But the Bible also speaks in verse 5, and we'll go there now. For each will have to bear his own load. What is this word? This word load is this. Cynthia? 
The Greek word for load means a cargo or the burden of daily toil. This word describes the everyday things we all need to do. These loads are like backpacks. A backpack, backpacks are possible to carry. We are expected to carry our own. We are expected to deal with our own feelings, our attitudes, our behaviors, as well as the responsibilities God has given to each of us, even though it takes effort. It, carrying a backpack is require, does require effort, but this speaks about your daily load, your God-given responsibility. I am a husband. I am a father. I can't outsource that. I can't, you know, call for a tender and say, hey, can somebody help me with being a husband or a father? I'm not doing it, okay? The applications are closed, okay? Not looking for help with Jenny, okay? Or with Abigail, or with Jonathan, okay? I can't, there's certain things you can't, okay? And I want to just tell you a story to give you an illustration. The stories of Susie and Jack, okay? And uh, I read this on one of the Boundary um, blogs. And so Susie got a new job. It was a job at a company that they did training, uh, four companies, and so a company wants to do training, and Susie and Jack were the team that would get this done, and Susie was the office worker. She would, you know, sort the contracts out, sort the training materials out, sort the marketing out, sort all the communication out, etc. She was the office girl who did all that. Jack would go to the venue where the training was happening. He would make sure the chairs are right, the projectors working, you know, the lighting's okay. He would take the training materials that Susie would get printed to the place for the training. He would, um, you know, make sure, you know, all the practice. He was the practical go-to-site, sort it all out. And they worked well for a few months. And then Susie just, she lost, lost Vuma for a job. She was just, she wasn't enjoying it. And a fellow, a fellow worker actually, Lindy, spoke to Susie and said, said, what's Susie, why are you so down about your job? She, and, and she didn't realize it, but as she unpacked it, she realized, or Lindy helped to see what it is. She said, you know, I, I'm just doing so much of Jack's work, and he just won't listen to it. She said it started off with just, you know, he was running late, he couldn't get to a venue, and he would ask me quickly, just go check out the venue. Then, you know, he would be somewhere else, and he would ask me to take the training materials to the venue because he couldn't make it. And then, and she said, and basically, I'm just doing everything. I'm doing office work, and I'm going to the venue. I'm checking out the venue, making sure the chairs and the lighting and the projector. And she said, I'm just doing everything. I'm exhausted. She said, and, and, and Jack's just not, he just doesn't listen to me. So Lindy said, well, why are you taking on Jack's work? Why are you covering for him? So she said, well, if I don't do it, the training won't happen, it'll be a disaster, etc. And Lindy said, but Jack needs to face the consequences of his actions. Tell Jack next time you do a training, and he asks you to take the training materials there or to go and inspect the venue that you can't do it. So Lindy did. Jack asked it, please check. She said, I'm oh, sorry, I can't. When the training came to happen, there was no training materials, it was a disaster. The company got on. Where does the company go? Got to the head office, got to the boss, spoke to the boss. Before long, the boss found out that Jack was the culprit. And fortunately, Jack, I mean, Jack was dealt with and it got sorted out. And before long, Lindy was a very happy worker enjoying her office job, not running around the countryside setting up training venues. That's what she wants to do. She enjoys that. 
But it's a classic story of boundaries. We, um, sorry, Susie had a certain job to do, but she was taking on somebody else's responsibilities. And this, uh, this, this scripture, just go to the next slide, uh, Cynthia. This scripture, speaking about burdens and loads, it is so important, and this is about guarding, this is part of guarding your heart, is knowing what's yours and what's somebody else's. Particularly, particularly if it is a load that somebody else needs to carry. It's not a burden. Okay, somebody goes through a major thing, they have a car accident, for sure. Hopefully they don't do car accidents every day. Hopefully this isn't their general job description, okay? But you, you help them. But if it's just like, oh no, you know, I didn't get to write that report. No, no, that's part of your job. Sorry, you do it or you face the music. Galatians 2 and 3 speaks about burdens and loads. Problems arise when people act as if their boulders are daily loads and refuse help, Okay. Let people in. If you're having a meltdown, let people in. Or if their daily loads are boulders, they shouldn't have to carry. Okay? The results of these two instances are either perpetual pain or irresponsibility. (laughs) None of us want to live there. Lest we stay in pain or become irresponsible, it's very important to determine what me is, where my boundary of responsibility is, and where somebody else's begins. Tell you another little story that also I uh, also read. Mom, this mom was having real real hassles with her son. The son was just yeah, there was a lot of conflict between the mom and the son. She was struggling to to deal with her son. And so the son was in the room, and mom went into the room, and as she opened the door, the door was slightly ajar, as she pushed the door open to go in, a cup of milk fell on mom. The son had put a cup of milk on top of the door, and as mom pushes the door, cup falls, mom is covered in milk. Okay? Now, Jenny's laughing. (laughs) I don't think she would have laughed. (laughs) The son is laughing. He thinks this is hilarious. Mom is standing there covered in milk. Mom fortunately kept her composure. She just said, there will be consequences but I need to think about it. And she didn't lose it, and she went. And she called her husband, and they chatted about it. And they agreed that this son needed to deal with the consequences of this. He had to wash and clean the floor where the milk had spilt. Mom got him to learn how to use the washing machine because her clothes were covered in milk. They needed to be washed. He learned how to do washing in the washing machine. He learned how to take washing out of the washing machine. He learned to hang washing on the washing line. He learned to take washing off the washing line. He learned how to iron washing that has been on the line. Okay? And all of this was teaching him to take responsibility for his stuff. That evening, dad came home from work and the son was still think, thought that this was a really funny joke that he played on his mom. And he said, Dad, did you hear? Did you hear what I did? And he was kind of laughing. And, 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 and the dad said to his son, he said, son, that's not funny at all. He said, your mom did not find that funny at all. You really hurt your mom's feelings by the way you treated her. They only realized that the penny had dropped 
like I think it was later that evening, when the daughter heard what the son had done, and she went bounding, thinking this was hilarious, going to her brother and wanted to chat about it. And the parents were delighted when the daughter wanted to, ah, I heard what you did. And the son said, said, no, no, don't laugh. It wasn't funny. I really hurt mom's feelings. It's when the parents realized, ha, he's got it. He's got the reality of my actions have consequences and I've got to take responsibility for my stuff. That is what boundaries are about. It's you taking responsibility for your stuff. It's guarding your heart. So let's go on. Now, just some points. We all need boundaries. Next point. You're going to run through these fast. Boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. And I just want to emphasize that point. It also helps us get rid of the bad. When we say sorry, when we ask for forgiveness, when we repent, we are getting bad out of our life. Amen? Boundaries help us focus on what's most important to us. Okay? We're praying about calling this morning before church. Boundaries help us define, this is important, I'm going to fight for this. I'm raising the flag for this. I'm going to stand for this. And if anybody violates my boundaries, I will defend my property, whether it's physical. Okay, folks, if somebody tries to steal your physical property, somebody walks into your room and wants to just walk out with your laptop, are you going to say, that's fine, you know? We community, we love each other. What's mine is yours. You need a laptop, take mine, it's fine. No, it's like, hey, give that laptop. Where are you going with that laptop? No, you are not leaving this room with this laptop. And if he walks out, you rugby tackle them and you are defending your property, amen? Why don't we do that with our internal property, okay? Why aren't we like that? Because it's, it's intangible, it's harder to see. Folks, as a family, we have values. As a father, I will defend my family, not just from physical intruders. I defend the family. Jen and I have a commitment to, to protect our family, for example, what comes into our house, not just physical intruders, what is on the TV, what comes through the Internet. We are responsible. We take actions. We've got Internet protection software, for example, on our computers and our devices to protect the, what comes into our is our responsibilities. Our kids cannot watch anything on the internet or the TV. We would be irresponsible parents. It is my job to make sure the door is locked at night when we go to sleep, that the gate in front is closed. At same way with televisions and devices, we are responsible for what comes into our house. Amen? Our eye gate, our ear gate, those are, these are doors into your soul. You cannot look at everything. You cannot listen to everything. I remember one time, uh, a friend of mine that I, that I know, he, we were, I was chatting to him, and, and he told me that he was really battling with a friend of his. Now, the, the challenge was that his other friend, I was also friendly with, okay? And, and he said, Shosh, I got this email this morning from, from this guy, and I could see he's really burdened by it and he's troubled by it. And he was like, he wanted to share this email that he'd got from the other friend with me. But you know, something rose inside of me and I was like, I don't want to know. I do not want to know what your friend and my friend said to you. I don't want to know. And I, and I said to him, I said, please, please, please don't share that email with me. 
I don't want to know because obviously you guys, you two guys have a disagreement, but I don't want to be caught in the middle. You guys must sort it out. And fortunately, I'm glad I didn't. Unfortunately, these, these guys couldn't sort out their differences. And to this day, I don't know what it is. And I'm very glad I don't. Because I was able to maintain friendship with both of these guys without my, my heart being defiled by knowing this one did or didn't do or said. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like, that stuff's going to defile me. And, and how do I know this? Because with bitter experience, I have sometimes scratched and said, he said what? Really? How many times did he say it? he did that? No ways. Oh, no. And now I'm so offended with this friend of mine, but it's got nothing to do with me. It was stuff between them. But I don't, I don't want to talk to this guy because of their offense. It's like, oh, no, I can't do this. I, can't, I don't want to do this. May we agree we don't want to do that? Boundaries improve relationships by creating clear expectations and responsibilities. Jen and I have for many years done premarital counseling. One of the main things that we focus on with couples is roles and responsibilities in the marriage. As the husband, what is he going to take responsibility for? As the wife, what is she going to take responsibility for? We work them. You know if you've done it with us. For three to six months, you are working. You as a couple, you are figuring out what is this going to look like in your marriage. And I'm telling you, if you sort that out, what are you going to fight about? If your boundaries are clear, you know exactly how you're going to finish, f- function before you say, I do. What on earth are you going to get upset about in your marriage? Okay? Jen, don't laugh like that, love. You must say, amen. Amen. It's a serious point, love. It's an important point. I mean, that's why Jen and I, we never fight because we've got all of <laughs> We never fight in church while I'm preaching. Thanks, love, for that. Thanks, love, for that. I really appreciate it. Thanks, love. But, but seriously, folks, I do believe that if you actually boil it down, so much conflict is about boundaries. And, but unfortunately, it can't, it can't always be resolved. Because if somebody's not willing to respect your boundaries, I, I, I don't know how it's, it's possible to work, walk with them. Um, it's very difficult to walk with somebody who doesn't respect your boundaries. It's just a fact. And so sometimes there, there, there is... These things break down. It can, however, be difficult to figure out what the boundaries are that you need to set, particularly the inner boundaries, the relationship boundaries. You know, property boundaries are either easy. This is mine, and that's yours. It's easy. But internal boundaries are difficult, and this is often why we need each other. Jen and I, we talk about these things, okay? And and that's that's just so important. What, what I found very helpful in the next slide is I've listed... I'm not going to get into detail. Various areas that you get boundaries. Now, what was so interesting, I actually was researching, um, what was it? Um, uh, Like areas, what was it? It was different boundaries or number of different boundaries you get or something like that. I can't remember what I was. Types of boundaries. That's what I was doing. Types of boundaries. Oh, my goodness. And I found this one person saying, these are the four boundaries. Then the next person, there are five boundaries. Then somebody else, there are six boundaries. And then I found a whole bunch of people saying, no, there are seven boundaries. And just to mess you all up, I've got eight boundaries here. And I realized, <laughs> and I, but I actually realized it's, uh, it's, so, it's so all over the place. Boundaries are so all over the place. It's hard to actually 
say it only occurs in these areas because it's just it's just all over the place okay so they're physical boundaries this property has has a fence around it what you own any physical stuff usually ownership is clearly defined that laptop is yours it's not his okay they, they that's the easy one body boundaries folks so many people battle with this especially if you've been violated in your physical body body boundaries folks there's an appropriate way that we relate now, obviously, in COVID, it's easy. You stay 1.5 meters away from me, okay? Before this, it was like, you know, somebody's like right close to you and you move away and they move closer and it's like, ooh, ooh, I wish COVID would come back so this person can move away from me. It's creepy, okay? Some people don't have good social, you, you know, like, like so how close is it appropriate? And then, you know, then you get those touchy people, you know, they come close to you and they hold your hand. He's like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> Jenny, help me. Okay, okay. Um, um, or, you know, there's some people, you know, they, they put your, their hand on your shoulder, you know. It's like, hey, bro, and they're holding your shoulder. And it's like, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> how do we get out of this one now? Okay, there's just appropriate physical boundaries. Now, the obvious one is in a dating relationship in the whole area of physical, the whole physical sexual thing. It's huge. You've got to figure out, okay? Now, Apps says, Bible-believing Christians, we believe the place for eros love, sexual love, is in the place of marriage. After you say, I do, it's amazing, okay? Boundaries come down, hallelujah, okay? But before that, it's really challenging as a couple and as you grow to figure out what those boundaries are. And I'm not going to say, you know, at three months, you can do this. You can touch her kneecap, okay? But... <laughs> You know, at six months, you can, whatever, it doesn't work like that, okay? you got to figure that out, okay? So body boundaries are important. Next one, heart boundaries. This is what I'm talking about. And, and your, your inner boundaries of your values and regarding relationship. This is intangible, and I want to say this is, this is difficult. Praise God we've got the Bible. Praise God we've got Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us. This is the area that probably we need most help with. Time boundaries. I will be meeting you on Tuesday from 9 to 10 o'clock. That is a boundary, okay? I'm giving you my time from 9 to 10. If you arrive at 20 past 9 without an excuse, or without an apology, etc., you are not respecting my time boundaries. Do you realize that? I have committed my time to you for that one hour. Can we have mutual respect? If you don't respect my time boundaries, I'm going to lose respect for you. That's going to damage our relationship. Amen? And so time boundaries are important. So many people are, they mess their relationships because they don't have time boundaries. They don't respect other people's time. Okay, very important. Next one. Spiritual and biblical boundaries. This is huge, and, and this is maybe even the backdrop. As Bible-believing Christians, this is the backdrop that helps us filter out and figure this all out. Um, there's that scripture that said, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is a boundary statement. You are saying yes to God, submit yourself to God, and you are saying resist the devil. You are saying no, Mr. Devil, I want to submit you. That saying no to everything from the devil and yes to everything from God is a good way to live. Okay, I just want to submit that that is a very good way to live. Next, next boundary I want to talk, financial boundaries. Yo, some people are messed up on this. But folks, if you don't have good financial boundaries, if you overspend, if you spend more than you have, you don't have good boundaries. What is a budget? A budget is a financial boundary plan. 
It is figuring out where my finances are going to go. Okay? I mean, people who, for example, are, have an, uh, an addiction to gambling, let me say their financial boundaries are gone. You know, when every cent is going to some gambling addiction, it's gone. But financial boundaries are important. And in relationships, I want to submit to you that especially between a, an adult child and parents, financial boundaries need to be figured out. There's so much manipulation and control between adult children and families regarding finances. This feeling of they owe me, or because I'm getting money from them, they get to now say what happens in my life. There's so much manipulation that happens in families around finances, and it's all a boundary issue. If you can figure out your boundaries, and I've, I've said to more than one adult child that I don't think you should still receive that monthly amount from your parents because they are controlling you, they're manipulating you, it's not healthy for your life. Rather make do with without that 500 rand than having this control thing. It's boundaries, financial boundaries. Next one, relationship boundaries. And, you know, relationships have different levels, and I haven't taught on this in a long time. And it's so important in relationships to figure out where you are on the scale of where is this relationship and what is appropriate at the different levels of relationship. It's boundaries. It's figuring out what that looks like. It is profound. And then legal boundaries, and I put ETC over there at the end, but I've highlighted legal boundaries because I actually believe this list can go on and on. And you could probably add some more. I want to close with this. The most basic way to set boundaries is simply by saying yes or no. It's not difficult. I saw one quote when I was just doing research. You know that yes is a complete sentence. Do you know that no is a complete sentence? If you say yes or no, and your boundaries are biblical and wholesome and healthy, you don't necessarily need to have a big debate about your yes and your no. Yes and no are so powerful. It starts with, firstly, just a clarity in your mind what your boundary is. This is where we are in our relationship, and this is appropriate. The amount, how are we going to communicate, how are we going to touch, whatever your relationship is. This is appropriate in our relationship. And so I'm saying yes to that, and I'm saying no to that. Being clear about your no and your yes is a theme that runs throughout the Bible. Matthew 5.37 and James 5.12, I say at the end there, says, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. You don't, the, the scripture is actually highlighting about making vows. Never a good idea to make a vow. Folks, your will, God has given you a will. Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, will respect your yes and your no. He stands at the doors and knocks, and if you invite him in, he will come in. If Jesus can respect your yes and your no. I want to tell you, you know, when the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee, that's the promise, resist the devil and he will flee. If you say no to the enemy, you have all of heaven behind you. You have Jesus standing behind you saying, hey, Mr. Devil, I say. In the universe, it's written that your will is powerful. And if you say yes and if you say no, and it's biblical, and it's godly, and it's wholesome, and it's healthy, and it's done in love, 
and consideration, I want to say you have all of heaven behind you in your yes and your no. You are a powerful person. God has given you the ability. You have a volition. You have a will. And you can decide what you say yes and what you say no to. And I want to close and I simply want to pray for that. I want to pray for your powerful ability to say yes and no. I know it's not always easy to know what to say yes and no to. And that's why we live in community. We have a Bible. We have Holy Spirit. We have a church full of people who've done life in many places and spaces. And they, some of us can say, yeah, don't say yes to that. And please say no to that. We can help you with some of this stuff. But let's talk. Let's be community. Amen. So let's just pray. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, just for your word in, in, in the first place. Your word that you reveal your will, Father. You reveal boundaries. And Lord, it's not because you're a killjoy. It's because you're a give joy. Lord, your word says, God, your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. For it is the wellspring of life. Lord, if we guard our hearts, if we guard the things that come in and the things that keep out, Lord, there's life. There's life. Our heart is a place is a, is, is a womb for life to come forth from that place. And so God, forgive us for the places that we've said yes to things that are not in line with your will. Where we have opened the door, opened the gate to things that have just been destructive. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us by your blood of those things. God, help us to keep and build up the boundaries in those areas, Lord. God, may we say a big yes to the God stuff, to the good stuff, to the life and the abundant life you have for us. Lord, we say a resounding yes to life, Lord, to your ways, to your will, to what you are whispering to us, Holy Spirit. We say a resounding yes. God, restore the conviction that our yes is powerful and our no is powerful. God, may we walk with healthy boundaries. Help us in all the areas where it is difficult to establish them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www that his people pmb.co.za and for more of our messages visit our youtube and soundcloud channels as well as other podcast platforms if you would like to contact us please email us at his people pmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877 to join us for in-person services Visit us at 154 Birkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.